Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today you'll learn about an unusual proposal to use human tinkle to make buildings on Mars, a billion-year-old black diamond with an interstellar history, and what it's going to take for airplanes to become totally electric. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Buckle up, Nate, we're going to Mars for this story. And even though it's a long ride, there will be no bathroom breaks. Ooh, Mars? Cool. Wait, did you say no bathroom breaks? I did, because some brilliant researchers figured out a way to use human waste products as building material on the red planet. So you're telling me that every time we use the toilet, we're flushing our hope of living on Mars down the drain? I have so many questions. And I'm going to help answer them. I know we're both excited about future Mars missions, but if we're going to have astronauts living there long term, they're going to need somewhere to live. And they'll need to be protected from space radiation that Earth's much thicker atmosphere protects us from. I mean, NASA's working so hard to cut the weight of space shuttles by every ounce. I don't think they're going to be sending up bricks and two by fours. Exactly. Rather than bringing building materials with us, scientists at the universities of Manchester and Oslo are looking at what materials we can build with what's already on Mars. Scientists know the planet has a top layer of dirt, dust, rocks, and rubble called regolith that they could build with. But the issue is, how do you stick it all together? I mean, you can't make much with dust, except a sneeze. But it's not like there's glue bouncing around up there. Well, researchers think they may have found a source of glue from something else that will be on the planet. Or someone. More specifically, the natural materials that we humans make and can easily replace. One of the most exciting is serum albumin, a sticky protein found in our blood's plasma. It's the Dracula-Frank Lloyd Wright collab I didn't know NASA needed. I didn't expect this in space, but in the Middle Ages, they used animal blood in their mortar to hold bricks in place. And I've even heard of slaughterhouses making glue from blood. Well, thankfully, we won't be slaughtering our bravest astronauts. The average healthy adult creates 12 to 25 grams of plasma a day. That's a lot of sticky stuff. So scientists started mixing it with a simulated regolith, and they made a Martian concrete stronger than hardware store mortar. And this is when toilets come back into our story. While the serum albumin and regolith make a strong concrete, if you add urea... Urea? So we're going to be making buildings out of blood and pee? Or sweat, or tears, there's urea in that too. When you add urea, it increases the strength of the material by over 300% and makes it twice as strong as brick mortar. It also got denser, which is better for blocking space radiation. Researchers think it could be 3D printed and used as mortar for building structures with Martian sandbags. But how much of this can we make? I know we can donate plasma, but we can't drain our bodies of it. We still need it to transport nutrients, hormones, and proteins throughout the body, and it helps us remove waste. Well, researchers found that over a two-year span, six humans could donate enough serum albumin and urea to make 500 kilograms of this stuff. And conveniently, a person's donation would be enough to expand the habitat to accommodate one more person. But what does draining all that plasma actually do to us? We still need to do a lot of research. We don't know the health effects of continuous plasma donation in low-gravity, high-radiation environments, and we don't know how the donations will affect fatigue levels. As you can imagine, these are pretty important things to figure out. This is great, though. It means that we have a more affordable, renewable, and available building source, and it will reduce waste in more ways than one. Exactly. It makes living on Mars a much more realistic option. That's one small step for man, one giant tinkle for mankind. Gross. 
You want to know something super interesting, Callie? The minute I say no to that question is the minute I should retire from this job. Go. So in the 1930s, when people got engaged, a diamond ring wasn't always part of the deal. But then a diamond company called De Beers launched a huge ad campaign in the 1940s. And not long after that, Marilyn Monroe sang a song that became a hit. It's called Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Yeah, you know who my best friends are? My library card, my dog, and you. Aw, likewise, Callie. But I gave that little history lesson to explain how diamonds became the huge industry it is today. It's actually worth about $70 billion, give or take. By telling the world that diamonds are forever, the De Beers company linked these precious stones with love and commitment, and the rest is history. But the thing is, De Beers is technically wrong. Diamonds aren't forever. They have to start somewhere. Exactly. Like a good relationship. They take time to form. In fact, it takes billions of years of intense pressure and temperatures within the Earth to make diamonds. This story is about one of these diamonds. It's called the Enigma, and that name couldn't be more perfect because everything about this stone is unusual. Okay, the pressure to buy a diamond ring to get married is ridiculous, so I wasn't sure about the story, but now I am totally intrigued. So the Enigma diamond was unveiled to the world in January of this year in the United Arab Emirates, and people went crazy over this thing. Well, rich people went crazy. But why? If you're rich, just go buy a diamond. This one is special. First of all, this thing weighs in at 555.55 carats. That's about as heavy as a banana. And think about it like this. The average weight of a diamond in an engagement ring sold in America is 1 to 1.2 carats. So the Enigma is 500 times the weight of a diamond you would normally see. Whoa, okay, so this thing is a real geological marvel. And it's also a geometric marvel because the shape of it is mind-boggling. It has 55 sides, and it was cut that way on purpose. The shape is inspired by the Middle Eastern symbol for the human palm called the Kamsa. It translates as the number five in Arabic, and that symbol stands for protection and strength. That makes sense. Diamonds are one of the strongest materials on Earth. Correct. But remember, this isn't your typical gem. It's stronger. Because this is what experts call a carbonado diamond. Carbonados are mainly used in industrial drilling because of how tough they are. And this toughness comes from its unique polycrystalline structure. This means it is made up of a bunch of crystals that combine into a single gem. So a bunch of rich people went bonkers over this because they wanted to put it on drills? Nope. This stone rocked the world because of its color. This carbonado diamond is totally black. Now, diamonds are rare to begin with, but black carbonados, they are the rarest of rare. They've only been found in Brazil and the Central African Republic. With its 55 sides and unique color, this thing actually kind of looks like a model of a shiny spacecraft from a sci-fi movie. Oh, that is very cool. Uh, Question for you, though. How do black diamonds get their color? Their haunting hue happens for two reasons. One, there's a high amount of graphite in the diamond. Graphite is also what the middle of pencils are made of. And two, the Enigma absorbs a ton of light. But there's something else inside that is super interesting, and it's leading a lot of people to believe that this diamond comes from outer space. That something is called Osbornite. It's an incredibly rare mineral, and it is only found in meteorites. So it makes sense that when this gem went up for auction, they advertised it as a diamond from space. Okay, yeah, now I get why rich people wanted it. Heck, I want it. Did anyone buy it? You bet. In February of this year, the Enigma was sold by Sotheby's in London. It went for a cool $4.3 million. Now, some diamond experts disagree with the idea that the Enigma has cosmic origins. 
They say it could also have formed on Earth. But that's the thing about black diamonds. No one knows what their origin is for sure. And this mystery only adds to the story these stones tell. But we do know a few things. Black diamonds are billions of years old, they're crazy cool to look at, and a good advertising campaign will always catch people's attention. Yeah, how about this one? Curiosity is forever. Ooh, that's very good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Nate, I bet you are feeling pretty good about that electric car of yours right now. Oh, I have for a while now. I'm not going to say I'm a trendsetter, but I have this bumper sticker where the exhaust pipe should be. It says, smell my musk. Nate, I'm talking about rising gas prices. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm feeling good about that, for sure. <laughs> I still have a gas guzzler, so I'm really feeling the hit right now. And so are folks flying commercial. The rise in fuel prices makes air travel more expensive because the cost to operate has gone up. Now, more than ever, it's clear we need a path towards electric planes. Are we not on that path? I would have thought that with the success of electric cars, that electric planes are right around the corner. That's how it seems, but it's not actually true. Unless we think outside the black box. According to Dr. Venkat Visvanadan and a team of scientists, this kind of extreme rethinking is exactly what the battery industry needs if we're ever going to fly in electric planes. Oh, no, we need those like yesterday. What does he say? According to a recent Nature magazine article written by Dr. V, the battery science industry needs a reboot. If we're going to get electric airplanes off the ground, we can't keep making minor tweaks to the current battery technology. We have to make big changes. Think about how great electric cars have been. Imagine if we could also switch to electric planes. The airline industry spews out 2% of carbon emissions globally, and it's only getting worse. Also, electric motors have nearly double the energy efficiency of fossil fuel motors. So why do those scientists think it can't be done by staying on our current path? More batteries, more problems, Nate. First up, the need of airplanes are different from those of cars. Differences in operating conditions, size of battery, and weight of battery. Flight uses much more energy than rolling across the pavement. And get this, it currently takes the energy of 30,000 electric car batteries for one plane to take off. Ooh, so this sounds like an energy storage issue to me. We need more of it. Exactly. But how do we get it? To understand that, I want to do a quick refresher on how these batteries work. Remember what you said a couple episodes ago in a segment about sodium ion batteries? Let's roll back that tape. Batteries are pretty much made up of the same components. There's a cathode, which is the side with the plus sign. Then there's the anode, the side with the negative sign. And inside, there's an electrolyte, which can be a liquid, a powder, or something solid. When the two ends of the battery are connected by something like a wire, it triggers two things. Charged molecules called ions flow through the electrolyte, and electrons flow through the external wire. Then, ta-da, let there be light. And if you want to recharge a battery, you just basically reverse this whole process. Ooh, wow, I explained that very well. Good job, Nate. boy. So, right now, the lithium battery is all the rage. It's in your digital watch and your phone. It's also the most common electric car battery. Lithium is great for a lot of things. One of the biggest is stability. But an issue is that each lithium atom only has one electron to lose. And since that's where the electricity comes from, lithium ion battery storage is limited. In fact, scientists think they are approaching their storage limit. Sounds like the lithium lemon is almost fully juiced. The scientists' hands must be tired. That's how mine get. I should buy a juicer. Do you have one? I don't like single-use kitchen appliances, Nate. They take up too much space in my cabinets. Moving on. 
So with limited storage space, like in my kitchen cabinets, lithium batteries are almost definitely not a solution for electric airplanes. So what then? Materials with higher electron counts could lead to higher electricity storage. However, it's not so easy. This is why Dr. V and his team have published this article. They're hoping to encourage big investment in this research. Experimentation on this scale will probably be expensive and risky. The anode, the cathode, the electrolyte, and the ion of choice can all potentially be different materials than we use now. Plus, we could develop new ones. Oh my goodness, the variables are like a CVS receipt. It keeps going and going and going. (laughs) And that's not even getting into some of the complicated battery chemistry, like conversion reactions and discharge that changes component. You know what? We don't need to go that deep. Just know that recharging these batteries can be difficult. Also, some batteries develop buildup, which can lead to fires. And as you can imagine, a fire breaking out at cruising altitude is the last thing everyone wants. We also don't want the person in front of us letting their hair down over the screen. It's like, excuse me, I'm trying to watch Prisoner of Azkaban for the ninth time. (laughs) So there are tons of hurdles to jump before we have fully electric commercial planes. But Dr. V and his team are hopeful. With the right energy policies and some investors willing to spend some serious cashola to think outside that black box, air travel could be more Prius and less Greyhound. Oh, can you imagine? Taking off would be a treat. And refueling these things would be like plugging in your iPhone at night. Let's hope it's a little easier than that. It's like the charging port is somehow moving target. I don't know why it takes seven attempts for me to plug it in. you got to turn it upside down at least three times. (laughs) Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Scientists created a concrete twice as strong as the normal stuff by mixing proteins from human body fluids with the rocks and dust on Mars. Future astronauts could donate plasma and tinkle to reduce rocket payloads and build Martian habitats. A diamond recently sold at auction for $4.3 million, and rich folks all over the world were buzzing about it because this diamond is pitch black, the largest ever cut, and is partially made of material only found on meteorites. Some scientists are encouraging a total reboot of our approach to battery technology in the hopes of getting fully electric commercial flights off the ground. There are challenges with the current approach, but there's hope for the future. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 